One is a Buckeye. Kyle, you are an absolute failure. One is a Wolverine. Jordan, you have to be trying to suck this much. Somehow they are still friends. It's Buck and Blue. Alright, welcome once again to Buck and Blue. As always, I am Jordan, a.k.a. Buck, and this is Kyle, a.k.a. Blue. Yo, yo, yo. Kyle changing it up this week. Instead of hello, it is now yo, yo, yo. Thank you very much, Kyle. Hey, we're partying like it's 1999. What year was that? What grade was I in? <laughs> uh, I believe we were in fourth. No way. Yeah, fourth, fourth end of fourth, beginning of fifth, because I remember fifth grade was the year 2000. Oh, I guess yep. that fourth grade is different from being four years old, and I was thinking I was yeah. way older than four years old in 1999. <laughs> yeah, you were like nine and ten. You had a brain and could think somewhat. <laughs> the jury's still out on that one. Uh, yep. With that, we will launch right into our first segment, which we are bringing back last week's segment, and that is Buck and Blues Sucks to Be You. Let me tell you why I suck. Man, you are one pathetic loser. It's Buck and Blues. Sucks to be you. Sucks to be me right now. Sucks to be me right now. It does suck to be you. So, Jordan, what's your sucks to be you today? Uh, This week, uh, my sucks to be you is Demarcus Beasley. For those of you who don't know who Demarcus Beasley is, Demarcus Beasley is a uh, soccer player for the U.S. men's national team, and he has been for uh, quite some time now. Uh, in the third place game uh, this past weekend, Demarcus Beasley got subbed in right as the game went into overtime. So it's already the third place game. So the United States is pretty upset that they're even in the third third place game. They should be doing much better than that. So the third place game is already kind of a letdown. But now they're going into overtime in the third place game. And Demarcus Beasley, who's retired, or he's retiring... This is his last international game ever gets subbed in. And so the the game progresses on, and we end up going to penalty kicks because nobody can score. So <laughs> to make matters worse, the United States actually starts losing the penalty kicks. The Panama goaltender made an incredible save that I won't take anything away from him. But it ends up that the United States is down a goal. Uh, in the penalty kicks, and they need Demarcus Beasley to step up in his last game as an international player and score a goal to give them a chance to continue on and win this third place game. Demarcus Beasley steps up, drills a shot, and proceeds to get blocked by the Panama goaltender, and the United States loses the third place game in penalty kicks. Not the ride off into the sunset moment you're hoping for if you are Demarcus Beasley. So this week my uh, buck in blue sucks to be you is Demarcus Beasley. And uh, I know I've done soccer two weeks in a row. I promise it won't always be soccer. It just so happened that two weeks in a row we had some stellar soccer sucks to be used. I was also going to point out that coincidence, but, you know, whatever. If you want to just... Keep tabs on meaningless, no, meaningless (laughs) soccer games, whatever. They're only meaningless because they're in the third place game. If they would not be in the third place game, it's like, yeah, United States again, dominating like we should be, but, uh, yeah, yeah. it's kind of a big letdown, and Jurgen Klinsmann, he's taking a lot of heat right now, he's their head coach, he's German. Yeah, with German head coach for the U.S. team. Makes sense, doesn't it? Anyway, I did not mean to cut you off, Kyle. Continue on with uh, your Buck and Blue. Sucks to be you. Yeah, my sucks to be you is totally important, relevant, and just incredible. Uh, this is a heartbreaking story as well. Oh, yeah? uh, so apparently, uh, earlier today, as the Mets were preparing to face the L.A. Dodgers in this uh, upcoming game this, game this afternoon, a baby raccoon was found in their weight room facility. <laughs> so this lost, this poor little lost raccoon was just wandering around the weights, trying to get out, probably trying to go find his mom. He's probably scared to death. All these giant baseball player Mets people wandering around, and he's probably terrified. It sucks to be that that little baby raccoon wandering helpless. (laughs) So So. so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. (laughs) You're giving me crap for picking a soccer player to be my sucks to be you. 
You pick a random animal <laughs> that is stuck inside of a sports complex. Yeah, he was stuck in the Mets weight room, dude. I mean, I do feel sorry. Okay, yeah, I guess that's fair enough. That's terrible. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't want to be in the Mets weight room either. Exactly. The, I, I don't have anything else to say to that guy. Okay. No, that's fine. I just thought that was funny. And I had, you know, a little bit of sympathy for the poor guy. So I thought I'd bring it up on It Sucks to Be You. Sucks to be me right now. You know, it might be worse if he was in the Tigers bullpen, actually. Uh, well, I don't think it could get much worse. Maybe a baby raccoon would rally those troops, but... I don't know about that. I don't think anything can rally them at this point. Okay. All right, we're going to save that for later. But right now, you know who I don't have sympathy for? And I never will ever, forever, as long as I live? I think I have an idea. Yep, you guessed it. It's the Ohio State suck eyes. So it bothers me a lot, these Buckeyes. And not just all the time, but especially right now. Do you realize the embarrassment of riches that you have going on right now with uh, your program? You have Urban Meyer coaching. Sure, whatever. There's other good coaches, but he's a good one. Uh, we've he's documented that one. in the past. He is a great you, coach. And right now, you have too many quarterbacks to like play. How How does this happen that you have three? One of these quarterbacks... He won a bunch of awards, a bunch of Big Ten awards the last two years and was the Big mm-hmm. Ten's best quarterback for the last two years. Maybe not the best passer, but overall quarterback numbers and everything like that. Yeah, and I agree. He, he is now the guy moving to wide receiver. <laughs> what? Huh? Explain that to me. Well, I don't, I don't think the move is finalized yet i mean this came out in the sports illustrated article this past week that braxton miller's talking about moving to wide receiver nothing is final with that i mean even urban meyer came out and said this might be a little premature saying this but for braxton miller i think it's a great idea to start looking into this because honestly even prior to this whole plethora of riches that you're talking about here with our three stud quarterbacks it's stupid it's great. It's fantastic. But I even prior it. to that, I probably would not have said Braxton Miller is going to be a star NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? He can run around and he can throw the ball well enough at the college level. But when you compare his arm to some of those guys that get drafted, I don't think he has the arm strength or the arm accuracy to com- to compete at the NFL level at quarterback. That's a lot of what I heard um, going on this week in speculation that he's looking at it long term that with trying to get into the league period he's best shot isn't necessarily as a quarterback it's as some other skilled position and making the transition now gives him a chance to showcase that ability as a receiver and you can't deny he's an athlete that's why he got those awards the last two years so that's that's pretty like undeniable but then the fact that it would create so much maybe tension, confusion, just conflict within the team to have three quarterbacks and try to figure out who's the best in the competition. And Do you think that this move and all the speculation surrounding it is an Urban Meyer idea? That he's like, hey, how can I help myself? Do I, do I plant seeds um, in this guy's brain of getting into the league as I a receiver so. because he can't cut it? No, okay. I, I really don't think so. I think this move, if it ends up happening is a mutual benef- mutually beneficial move for everyone. But I think the move for Braxton Miller to wide receiver is a smart one, or to H-back, or whatever you want to call it. The, the thing with this whole thing is Braxton Miller does not know. He's still rehabilitating his shoulder. I mean, he is not 100% at this point where he can go out and throw a ball all day. Um, yeah, he had two, so- uh, two shoulder surgeries on that, yeah, right? Yeah, so I mean, he's... Yep. He's coming back from a major shoulder shoulder injury, which already probably hurts his draft status as a quarterback anyway. It's it's tough at this point for him if he wanted to stay in that quarterback competition. You know what I mean? So I think this move is a no-brainer for him, really. Gives him a higher draft status, possibly, and at the same time, it helps the team. And everything I've heard is Braxton Miller is 100% a team player. And I think you see that just at him staying at Ohio State. He hasn't left. He's still there. Uh, he had the chance to transfer and play somewhere else this season, uh, and he hasn't. So I think he loves the university. He's a Buckeye through and through, 
and yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, he's he's trying to help the team. And if you're Urban Meyer, I don't see why you don't do this. I mean, honestly, uh, Braxton Miller gives you another added dimension. Uh, it's it really is just not fair. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's stupid. And Urban, it's it's a total total out for Urban Meyer with like scheduling or not scheduling, but coordinating his offense and. Like, it opens up so much. Um, but, okay, so let's assume that he moves to wide receiver then. We've got JT Barrett and Cardell Jones. Cardale? Cordell? 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 Car? Cordell? Car? Cordell? Car? Car? Candle? <laughs> it's not that hard, Kyle. Is that what you call it's him? It's not that hard. The, 12, the, the candlestick 12-gauge, whatever go, 12 it was. Gauge. Here we go. Candle? Dart? The little dart? Going duck hunting, baby. Is that what? <laughs> okay. The dart. All right. Card dart Dale. Jones, is that I'll give you, you to go with this. <laughs> I'll look it up later. Anyway, so you got two guys who could throw the ball for Ohio State. Uh, who do you think should be quarterback? Now, let me let me set this up for you. Should it be the guy who beat Alabama handily and won your national championship with a cannon for an arm and yeah. made it look like incredibly not easy? but he looked incredibly capable or your red shirt, sophomore <laughs> potential Heisman candidate who after a few like games struggling in the beginning of the season lit up the big 10, both with running and passing. Now I want to puke at describing <laughs> these situations, but it does beg the question of those two gentlemen, who do you think should be the starting quarterback well, and why? I want to ask another question back, and that is, does, don't, it, does don't. it matter? <laughs> does it matter who plays at quarterback, Kyle? Because I really don't think it does. You throw one of them in there, and Ohio State's still going to be the wrecking machine that it was last year. I mean, you got four four of the five offensive linemen back. Almost the entire defense is back with the exception of one piece off the defensive line. I you got your Heisman candidate running back right back in there. And then you have the choice. Do you take the guy who beat Alabama as you just described, or do you take the guy who was a Heisman candidate before he went down against Michigan? For those of you who can't see Kyle right now, one of the greatest scenes I have ever seen is playing out in front of my eyes. He is clutching clutching like a tiny little baby his rose bowl michigan uh commemorative football that says january 1st 1998 uh, and he's just clutching it against himself like like a little tiny baby just longing for the days of lloyd carr back <laughs> uh oh yep kiss it that's as close Mwah. as you're getting <laughs> Yeah, I really, I, th- I, I mean, honestly, I Ohio State is probably going to run through the schedule, despite whichever one of them is at quarterback. Um, but really, honestly, if you ask me my honest opinion, I think this opens up Braxton Miller moving to wide receiver gives Urban Meyer the opportunity to just name Cardale Jones your starting quarterback. I think this is such a blessing for Urban Meyer that it makes his decision very, very simple. JT Barrett's a sophomore. Cardale Jones is a senior. By seniority alone, you want to give these two guys who are pretty even, you want to give Cardale Jones the chance. Because he's a senior, he's only got one more year. So Urban just says, hey, JT, sit tight. We'll uh, put you in next year. I mean, why not? Yeah. I, I honestly think this gives Urban Meyer just the opportunity to just say, Cardale, you're my quarterback. And honestly, with this team, I think that is the way to go. Because Cardale Jones has a monster arm. A, he's got a bigger arm than yeah. JT Barrett. and They need a guy who can pass. They don't need a guy who can run. Especially uh, if you add a weapon well, like Well, but I think Cardale Miller. Jones can run too, but he's just, I mean, he's a big dude. He's not probably not as quick as JT Barrett is, but JT Barrett isn't lightning out there either. So, I mean, Cardale Jones is going to be yeah. somebody that's hard to bring down. He showed that big body against Alabama fighting for first downs. So, I think having Cardale Jones in there simplifies the offense down to we're going to throw it deep, 
We're going to hand it off to Ezekiel Elliott, and that offense is going to get it done. <laughs> and I, I think you saw the last three games of the season when they did that. I mean, they, they beat everybody they played, and they beat high-caliber opponents, obviously, because they're in the playoff. But again, I think no matter which one they decide to end up go or they end up deciding to go with, that I think they'll be in the top four at the end of the year, barring a loss to Michigan State, probably. I don't. Uh, I have other questions. I don't even want to bring them up. <laughs> I just want to keep them coming. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. I'm loving it. <clears throat> all right, because all right, because college. I do love college football, but whatever. I hate this. You know, you'd probably be here right now if you hadn't fired Richrod. And debatable. <laughs> There's no way. Although, Richrod has done a fantastic job uh, out in Arizona. Yeah. I want to point out, Michigan State plays Oregon week one. What if Michigan State beats Oregon, runs the rest of the table, except for that game against Ohio State, mm-hmm. and they lose? So they have one loss. Yep. My my question is, a situation where you have two one-loss Big Ten teams at the end, uh-huh. and then you get, like a TCU and a Baylor or both that are like ahead of them somehow where all the situation, is there a chance that with one loss, neither of the big 10 teams get in? I don't think so. Over the, no, not with the returning, not if Michigan state beats Oregon and not if Ohio state. I don't know who Ohio state would lose to in that scenario. Yeah, I guess I don't either. Uh, if they even if they lost to Virginia Tech, I think they could come back. If they, they showed, beat everybody la- else. I mean, they showed last year right. that they could, right? And the difference this year is Ohio State's starting out as the clear number one. So even if they yeah. lose a game, I, I think at the end they're still going to be in contention for sure. If not, going to be the first one loss team that gets put in there. I mean, last year they got written off because Braxton Miller went down and they had to throw this freshman quarterback in there, and they lose to Virginia Tech week two of the season, and everybody wrote them off. They're they're not going anywhere. Uh, and then they killed Wisconsin and snuck in there, and then the rest is history. Do you think they would have snuck in if they hadn't just utterly destroyed Wisconsin? No, I do not. You think that win was... I think that win pushed them with, over the edge with Cardale Jones at quarterback put them in. Uh, yeah. If JT Barrett was in that game and they crushed Wisconsin the same way, I still think they're in because they have, uh, I mean, let's be honest. They have Ohio state is the name of the college uh, as opposed yeah. to Texas Christian university or right. Baylor. I'm not, I am not so naive that I don't think the name Ohio state got them a couple of points going into that. Oh, uh, good, because it totally did. And I I mean, if it were Michigan, it'd be the same. Like, I get it. Yep. I, I understand the way things are. Business is business is business. Like, I think you could not script that whole story in any movie that anyone would believe. It would just be so ridiculous. And here we are <laughs> talking about what happened. And they all come back. That's the other thing. That, wait, wait, they all come back to the same school the next it's year? Literally like, it's literally like the movie Friday Night Lights. Except it's like then if the second string running back got great and then broke his leg at the end of the season and then the third string running back came in and was awesome, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Be like, okay, this movie's jumped the shark. It's over. This is stupid. Yeah. Well, it is stupid. And then the other thing that, like, Braxton has a chance to transfer and doesn't. Yep. Uh, Card- Cardale's a senior. Yep. And I assume he could leave or do – he could have declared he, for the draft. Yep. But he doesn't. They all come back to the same school. Like, how, how? – I know. It's J.T. Great. Barrett's got to be the most confused man in college football. <laughs> like, what the heck? What do these – these guys need to get out of here? Like, yep. But that's he played all season, too. Like, he I know. put in and the work for that. He, at the end of the year, if he doesn't get hurt, he's a legitimate Heisman contender. I don't think he's going to beat yeah. Mariota, but he's got legitimate Heisman numbers. <laughs> And it's bizarre. Yep, it's crazy. I love it. I'm so excited for I, this college football season. Uh, and I hate it. But okay, I hate a lot of things, including, including one thing I hate right now is our Detroit Tigers. They are frustrating yeah. me to no end. I got to admit, I think at this point I'm pretty much emotionally checking out. Um, yep. they, they've hurt me and burned me, and spurned me, and yeah. I just I can't put myself through it anymore. Everyone who, everyone who has been following the Tigers this season is nodding along with what I'm saying because they feel the same yep. sting 
deep in it, your heart right now. It has been going terrible. And, I mean, since they've come back from the All-Star break, as we're talking right now, David Ortiz just put a three-run home run. Uh, yep, Shane I Green just that. <laughs> in yep. the right field. So That's kind of what made me transition. I was like, oh, are you kidding? Son of a... <laughs> Bleep! <laughs> so, yeah, here we are again. Uh, the Tigers are four and five since the All-Star break. Kyle, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about these Tigers at this point. I mean, you got they have to be sellers at this point, don't you think? Yeah, they have to be because, one, the holes that they have right now cannot be fixed in one season, and the deficiencies they have in their prospects and their farm system yeah. are not great enough to catch them up not only by the end of this season, but they're going to have to do massive work in the next few years to get their prospects and farm system up to where it's going to be sustainably, like, successful. Yeah. So this year, it is a definitely a seller's market because there are plenty of teams looking to buy right now. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what our team is. You just said four and five since the All-Star break. At the All-Star break, they were a 500 team. Yep. They've given you no indication that they're anything but a 500 team. Now, expectations aside, skill level aside, giant payroll aside – that's what they are, and I think if you're saying they're anything different, then you're lying to yourself, and it's unfortunate. You can make all the excuses you want to make about, oh, well, Miguel Cabrera, one of the best hitters in the game, has been out for the last month. All right, but even when he was in, for the months before that and even to the end of last year, I was looking it up, uh, even with him in there, they're still about a 500 ball club. Uh, for you know, And with the names and talent, what you look at, and the, the the negative is the obvious. It's the, you know, you're not meeting expectations. You put a lot of money into these players. But here's your positive, okay? Your positive is you do have some big names. You do have some yep. very capable you players. You, you have some all-stars. Like, sure, we're not going to keep David Price, and we'll get into that in a minute. But you've got Miguel Cabrera for his, the you know, foreseeable future. You just paid Victor Martinez. He's a leader, and he's a hitter when he's healthy. Yep. So... He is what he is, and you know that. J.D. Martinez was just an all-star. He's a really young guy. J.D. Martinez will hit more than 30 home runs this year. Easy. He's at 27 right now, I think. Oh, yeah. He's going to clear 30. If he keeps hitting at the pace he has been hitting at lately, he'll get close to 40 at least. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and i got to interrupt. Speaking of home runs in him, did you see earlier this week, I think it was Tuesday night, that bomb over center field gosh yeah Yeah, over the video booth the camera booth that was crazy i immediately text like as soon as that happened i was watching on tv i picked my jaw up off the bar and texted out like nasa has just filed a complaint with the mlb yeah after jd martinez's home run yeah i mean that's probably the one one big bright spot of this detroit tiger season has been the emergence of jd martinez you and i have talked about this before but J.D. Martinez, that free agent signing out of Houston, has got to be one of the greatest free agent signings that this ball club has ever made at this point. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen these guys that come up and just get hot, and they look like they're the next big thing, like Chris Shelton or Brennan Bosch. Yeah. But to me, J.D. Martinez, I mean, he's this is the second year in a row he's doing it. He's showing that he can do it over a long period and isn't just a flash-in-the-pan well, type of guy. All right, I do want to point out, the the flash is there. I agree it's sustainable, but you remember, he has had hot and cold streaks. And I'm going to say that inconsistency is is just a, a, a result and condition of him being a younger player. And wh- what I want to add to that is just that, like, as you have noticed, he has improved. Like, he is... He's not always been consistently yep. great. Yeah, well, but the things you He's hear not about J.D. Martinez off. are great. Like, I love hearing... I don't think I've ever heard about a young guy who sits and, like, models his swing after Miguel Cabrera. He knows Cabrera's the guy to model Mm -hmm. after, and so he sits and takes pointers on what can I do to modify my swing so that it's more like Cabrera's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure there are other guys who have done it, but just you don't hear about that kind of stuff. And those little types of things that you hear make me think this guy's in it to try and get better and he's in it to try and help this team win yeah i actually i don't know if you read that or heard that but i heard an interview specifically on that that he said he's worked a lot with miguel and miguel has done a lot of work with him and i i think that was part of some of his inconsistencies because he has been working to improve his swing and not just um yep in the in the 
in the conversation he had, it wasn't just for power necessarily. Like the the home runs are a nice result and and that's fun, but he is he and he's described it this way: like he was looking to become a better hitter, just a pure on base, just get on base hits. And Cabrera has actually been really great in helping him. Like that's been a good relationship for them to to develop and have because yeah, Cabrera doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, and all this being said, if if the Tigers are sellers at this deadline. If I hear any deal whatsoever with J.D. Martinez being shipped off, I will be so upset. I can tell you that right now. I don't think no, it'll happen. No, they can't do that. I, 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 I don't I think it'll happen. I hope to God they don't do it because he, they don't pay him enough for what he can, yep. what he's doing. Like He's a cheap player, a, uh, an extreme asset, and you've got Cespedes whose contract is up. He's getting older and he's going to want a four- to five-year deal with too much money. He's going to want a Victor Martinez deal uh, mm. somewhere else. You you absolutely have to trade Cespedes for prospects and David Price for prospects, yeah. like those two players. And, and I'm sure there are others, but I guess, I don't know, I was going to get to those those two players especially. You need to get something, something on that yeah. return and something. something good. And I've heard some rumors that the Tigers might even look to re-sign Price in the offseason, which I'd be totally okay with because David Price has been fantastic this year. When he becomes, like, even if they trade him now, re-sign him as a free agent when his contract's up? Yeah, I've heard a little bit of rumblings that they might take a run at him either way, um, which I'm fine I've with. Heard he's, yeah, I've heard he's going to the, the Cubs yeah, to I've be heard back that with one. Joe Madden. I've heard John that as Madden. well. Yeah, Joe Madden. I've heard that as well. <laughs> John Madden. I, I was like, wait, no, John Madden. Wait, no, that's stupid. I know who that is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're agreeing. You just hit the ball. <laughs> we're agreed. The only way to win the game is to run around the bases and score more points than the other team. Boom. Boom. People are probably listening to this going, man, his John Madden impression is the worst John Madden impression <laughs> I've ever heard. You know what's funnier than your John Madden impression? Mm. That you think people are listening to this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so we're agreed. I'm done. We're agreed. The Tigers need to be sellers at this point. You need to get. They need to get pitching prospects, bullpen starters. Who cares? Go rob the Mets weight room with that baby raccoon. Find a pitcher <laughs> and bring him to Detroit because we need arms that can throw. Like yeah. we can't have Anibal uh, Sanchez as our number one pitcher. Uh, like he's he's good, but I. Mm-mm. We were too spoiled with Scherzer and Price in the same team in the same year. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So just to play devil's advocate, right now the Tigers yep. are three and a half back in the wild card. Okay. You're going to get Miguel yep. back soon. Is there any part of you that thinks, okay, if we can just hold on here and they get Cabrera back, maybe we can make a run here in August and September and punch our ticket I th- in the wild card? Yeah. I think, hey, let's – Let's yeah. Let's not make these mutually exclusive. Like as far as trading and trying to go, like three and a half games not insurmountable with the games they have to play. Like Minnesota could collapse. I don't think the Royals are going to trip and fall. But like Baltimore and Seattle, other AL competing teams, they're not. They're not on some kind of hot streak either. Yeah, they just embarrass the Tigers. But like it's not like they're killing it. And I think. I think you you make deals because you have to for the future, mm-hmm. but I don't think that has to compromise what you're still trying to do right now. It's not like oh we've traded price, so we might as well give up on the wild card. And I, and I'm not saying that we should expect a World Series if you make the wild card, but get the playoffs and go as far as you can because look like we made it last year and we lost in the first series. What if we made it this year and lose in the first series? How does that like? It doesn't make it any different. It's our expectations that have changed. Yeah, that's true. And I still think that's a positive thing. Going into next year, you say, "Hey, we got rid of our best pitcher, our ace pitcher, still made the wild card, still fought through with our lineup." But I think you bring other pitchers into that. Like, hey, this team is still a playoff like yeah, caliber do you think team. If they, if they ship off David Price and you ain't assessed with this, do you think they have any shot to even get to the wild card? I don't. No, but I don't think that means you stop trying. Well, I don't think they're going to stop trying, but I I think if you no, send like off we, Price and you send off Cespedes, you trade those two guys away, Yeah, I, I, I just don't think there's any way the Tigers could overcome, a, what even if, if it is just a four-game 
you know, deficit okay, in the long term. I don't think there's any way. All right, Jordan, what if in this trade you trade away price – but you get two arms that are better than Shane Green and Big Pasta. <laughs> Nobody's making that deal. For, the you the don't think deal, so? You're not no. – the only trade you're going to get back is somebody – okay, we, we, if we trade David Price, we better be able to get a pitcher who's better than Shane Green right now. Okay, but – Like something. But all you're going to get is these young guys who are probably playing triple-A ball who you're expecting to develop into a pitcher in the next couple of years. You're not going to get any Fine. solid stuff. But you know what? Point. Those – Young guys at the beginning of the season where nobody's hit them, nobody's seen them, they don't know what to expect. So you bring them in at the end of this year. Sure, they'll get hit next year when people start to figure them out. That's what happened with Shane Green this year. Shane Green was one of the hottest pitchers in the first like month of the season because nobody had seen him, nobody knew what he was. They see some tape, they hit him a few times, they know what he's got, and they light him up, take him for all he's worth. Granted, fine, bring in other arms who can develop, but at least – that puts him on a trajectory that's better than what we have. Like, do you think Shane Green's going to develop into this huge uh, sensation? No. Do you think no. Alfredo Simon is? Do you think Buck Farmer is? Do you think Nesbitt is? Stop me when I get to somebody you believe in as a pitcher, like a starting pitcher. Uh, well, like, we got to get don't... somebody. Ship them all off. We got to get somebody. Yeah, I know we got to get somebody, but I just don't think any return that we get on these deals is going to make any positive impact this season. I think this season's over. We're not. Yeah. I don't think we're going to win anything this year. But the core of the team is still intact. I think next year, if you go into next season and you build a little bit off that core, maybe bring in another pitcher like you said. Bring in somebody who's a little better than Shane Green. Bring in a reliever who can actually get some guys out in the eighth and ninth inning. Yeah. If you can do some of those things, I think next year you're right back in contention. I agree. So let's talk about the guys who are making that happen. Because right now, we both agree. We don't even need to argue about it. Brad Osmus is gone. Like, this is a foregone uh, conclusion. I don't know if he's gone. I don't know about that. Then why would he stay? Or why would they keep him? I think a lot of that depends on if uh, Dave Dombrowski leaves. I, th- I think if Dave Dombrowski leaves and... You get a new GM in there. I think Brad Osmus probably is gone because the new guy's going to want to bring in his own guy. Uh, but I don't think Brad Osmus has not done a great job this year. No, he hasn't. But I think when the team isn't performing the way you want it to, the the blame always goes on the manager. It was the same way when Leland was here. Yep. I wouldn't be shocked if Brad Osmus was fired, but at the same time, I don't think it's a certainty. I don't think Brad Osmus is definitely gone. Like last year, there's no excuse. Like we had David Price, Max Scherzer, an old Verlander, and Anibal Sanchez, and Soria. We still had Soria at the end of last year. Yep. Like with that and the lineup we had, you figure it out. Yeah. With those players, that talent, that should have been our World Series. It should have been us and the Dodgers with our huge payrolls going toe-to-toe, money-to-money, just smashing it out for the World Series, and instead we trip, we choke. Yeah, I'm sick of it, Clarence. I'm just sick of it. I don't know what that is. Um, okay. Just to emphasize your point, the, I mean, Osmus has not done a good job, especially late in ball games. I think that's where Osmus. Most people have big issues with what Brad Osmus has done. The other night against the Red Sox, this one just drove me up a wall. This one I was extremely frustrated with. That is extra innings. Boston had a guy on second, winning run on second, uh, and Xander Bogarts steps up to the plate. Okay, first base is open. There's one yep. out. Xander Bogarts has a 4.05 average with r- runners in scoring position. He's batting 4.05 with runners in scoring position. On deck is Pablo Sandoval, who is a big name player for San Francisco before he came to Boston. So I mean, he's got a name that people know. Yeah. This season. Pablo Sandoval is batting 226 with runners in scoring position. 226 versus 405. As a manager, yeah. I mean, how Brad Osmus has to know that, right? That's not oh, something. I was just going to ask. Do you think? Do you think that was in the in the front of Osmus's mind when that guy, or when uh, Bogart stepped up and knowing Sandoval was in the lineup? Like, I don't know how you I, don't intentionally walk Bogart's there. I don't. I have no idea okay, how okay, you don't. Yeah. 
It makes zero sense. The guy's batting 405 with runners in scoring position. If he gets a base hit, which he does, the run comes home <laughs> and the Tigers lose. Uh, which they do. <laughs> uh, if you put him on, you got a double play possibility with Pablo Sandoval at the plate, who's batting 226 with runners in scoring position. Uh, Baseball is such a numbers game. I don't know how, as a manager, that you just look at that and go, "Yeah, pitch to him. We'll see what we'll we'll see what happens here." I think that that is a good like that's a perfect epitome of how he has handled this team, and I agree with you. Uh, but it's been like that for more times than he's worth. So I'm I'm ready for a change at manager. So you think after two years, Tigers don't make the playoffs this season? We're getting rid of Brad Osmus and bringing somebody else in. Yeah, I do, and I don't think it's on necessarily what he's accomplished. Like, you could say, oh, AL Central champs last year, but I think their trajectory of the team since he's been there and those key situations, it's it's too weak for the roster we have. We need, we need strong, we need expert, we need veteran experience. We need a Joe Madden or a Bruce Bochy or, you know, somebody, Terry Francona, somebody who has been around the game and can handle, like, this caliber player lineup. You know, this se- this segment, Kyle, is the most fired up I think you've ever been. I Honestly, like, I want Terry Francona. I've read or heard interviews with him. Uh, he, was he hasn't done anything with while. the Indians, though. I liked his personality. I like the way he's managed. It's just a gut, gut thing. I have really no basis, so... I don't want anything to do with Terry Francona. Nothing. Okay, fine. That's I'm not married to the guy. I just think if if they were with experience and knowledge, not yeah, but well, kind of stab in the dark experimentation. A, if the Tigers were to fire Brad Osmus, I would totally support them going out and getting Ron Gardenhire, former Minnesota Twins manager, did a lot of good while he was with the Twins. I think he's a veteran voice. He could, I think, he could definitely do something with this Tigers lineup. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I don't know if Brad Osmus is necessarily going sure. anywhere. Um, another guy who got ahead of himself this week, Adam Sheehan. I, I don't know if I'm – oh, no, I'm going to say it's Shine because the column is called The Shine Nine. So I'm assuming it's Adam Shine, NFL columnist uh, for NFL.com. He put okay. out a list. He put out a list of quarterbacks with the best chance to win their first title in the NFL this year. Would okay. you would you be surprised, Kyle, to know that Matthew Stafford is not on his list? No, I would not be surprised. Would it surprise you to know that while Matthew Stafford is not on his list? Oh no, I can get. Can I guess who he yeah, is, who yeah, is yeah. on the list? Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, Teddy Bridgewater Teddy is Brid- on the list. Honestly, I haven't even seen that list. I just I feel the hype. That is surrounding Minnesota with, oh, Adrian Peterson back and Teddy Bridgewater. Everybody wants these young quarterbacks to be so good before they actually are. It's just mind-boggling. I, I honestly couldn't believe it when I read it. I Like, you're making this list, and he even says at the beginning of the column, most of my quarterbacks on here are AFC quarterbacks because the AFC is more wide open than the NFC. Okay, fair enough. But then you put the Minnesota quarterback – in a division where two teams had 11 wins last year, one of them yeah. was Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, and and one of them has Aaron Rodgers uh, on it. Yeah, I, I have no idea how you do that. Uh, yes, Adrian Peterson's coming back. I think the Vikings are going to be a better team. Sure. There's no chance Teddy Bridgewater wins the Super Bowl this year. None. Zero chance. Mark it down. Buck and Blue says it. Well, Buck says it. I don't know what Blue thinks about it. but Blue agrees, and Blue doesn't even understand why this is a discussion. Why Teddy... Like, no, we should be talking about, can the Vikings make the playoffs this year? That's the question. Not, is Teddy Bridgewater going to win a Super Bowl? I can't even... This is dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sports sometimes. But then again, that's a weird thing with the NFL playoffs. Is most of the time... The guy who wins the Super Bowl is probably a guy who's already won a Super Bowl. Well, and there are too many good ones in the way. Like, okay, here because you're not just picking, oh, is this guy going to win his first one? It's like, is what you're really asking, is this guy going to beat Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, yep. uh, 
Tony Romo even. Dallas was okay. Aaron Rodgers goes without saying. Even if you want to throw in, like, Phillip Rivers or Joe Flacco or Ben Roethlisberger. Like, right, exactly. Okay, we've just talked about how many names, and all of those teams did better than the Vikings last year. Yeah, what exactly. Are, what are we saying? Uh, what are we actually... Andrew Luck is on the list. I could see Andrew Luck winning a title. But yeah, Andrew but that, Luck, Okay, but they played in the AFC Championship level. game last year. They got, they got housed, right. but it doesn't matter. Like, they were actually, like relevant in the playoffs and and teams can certainly make jumps in their record and be good. We all know that the NFL is somewhat of a crapshoot from week to week, but it seems to me like every year the teams in the playoffs are the same teams and the teams that are winning Super Bowls are the same handful of teams. So yeah, prove something to me this year and maybe we'll talk about it next year. So with that logic, do you think Stafford should be on the list? Uh, He should be on the list before Teddy Bridgewater. (laughs) But should he be on the list? Does Does Matthew Stafford this season have a chance to win a title? Uh wow. We do have <laughs> we do scene, have baby. Terrell Austin back as D coordinator. That will be huge because in the hey in the playoffs, if you can run the ball and play defense, you have a chance to win games. And Matthew Stafford's good enough. If Joe Flacco's good enough, well, Joe Flacco's more accurate than Stafford. I don't think Flacco's better than Stafford. No, you don't think so? Well, no. Flacco, their team ran the ball like crazy with Ray Rice that year that they won, and they had a sick defense or a, a good enough defense at the time they needed it. Yep. They got hot. If we can do that, I think Stafford's good enough to win a championship. It's just he's – unlike Aaron Rodgers or like, like Manning back in the day or just Brady, like where quarterbacks can – can win the game on their own. He's not that good. Yeah. He's going to need a team like a Seattle or like the Ravens. I absolutely agree like, with what you're saying. Yeah, yep. Like, he needs that whole team behind him, but he's good enough to be part of that team and win. So. Yep. I mean, there's a reason Tom Brady's won and been to as many Super Bowls as he sure. has. And that's because Tom Brady is a game-changing player. Yeah. Stafford needs a team. Yeah. I agree with you 100% yeah. on this. I do not believe Stafford uh, – as a solo player is enough to elevate a team to Super Bowl. Right. I think so. I, th- I, th- I agree with everything. Yeah. And saying. honestly, I, uh, let me, let me run this by you. Maybe I am that crazy guy wearing a tin hat. That's just out in left field. But I think some of the stigma surrounding Stafford is he does have incredible talent. Like the perception of him is that they want him to be that guy. They want him to be a Rogers and a yeah. Brady because of his talent. Yep. But he's not that. Well, it's because he was drafted number well, one. He was drafted yeah. number one in the and, draft. I think that sticks with a guy. Right. I think with the coaching and the stigma surrounding the Lions organization and culture when he was drafted, there yeah. was so much put on just him. And that immediately got him off on a negative foot. Plus, that whole year, his second year, that he was injured. He played, like, two games and then was injured. Remember remember early on we oh, had think, the – he was I a glass I, quarterback. Like, yeah, Matt, Matt Glassford. Yeah, that, that was a Glassford. big thing. He hasn't been injured since, but my point is that there was a lot of negativity surrounding him and too many expectations in a bad situation. I think – and this is crazy, but put you, you put him on the yep. Pittsburgh Steelers – and I don't think you have the same thing. And maybe he wasn't good enough to win two championships. I think winning two championships with Ben Roethlisberger helps you create yeah. some positive buzz, even if you are accused and convicted of, like, rape. Yeah. But whatever, we won't <laughs> Let's get, into, not get that. into that. Um, people still like you. But that's the thing, that, like, <laughs> Roth, people like Roethlisberger more than Stafford, and he is a convicted rapist. And <laughs> Stafford... Because he's a frat boy and had all these expectations. (laughs) He's an alleged frat boy. (laughs) No, I I know what you meant. But my point is just that there's, he's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but he's definitely doesn't deserve all the crap that gets piled on him. I think you're, you're probably right in that Stafford is, here's, here's the thing. If Stafford, if we go out week one against San Diego and Stafford gets hit by a Charger linebacker and, you know, breaks his shoulder and is out for the year. My outlook on the Lions season is in the tank. You're done, yeah. It's 
So you're like, oh, we might said, we might win four games against the Bears, maybe get one against the Vikings, and then pick up like right. uh, Cleveland or Atlanta. Or I don't even know who's on the schedule that we might win. But yeah. here, who could but we exactly. beat this year without without Stafford? Uh, maybe the Vikings once. We get the Bears twice, the Raiders, and the Rams. And that's about it. Maybe Saints or 49ers. Yeah. We get one of those at home. But that's that's all I really feel good about without Stafford. Yeah. I mean, at most, we're talking about a 5-1 team without Stafford in there. At most. So, I mean, Stafford absolutely is vital to this team's success. But I, I think you're right. I don't think he's... There's a reason he's never listed in the top tier of quarterbacks, yep. and that's because yep. he's not the same caliber quarterback as a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron no. Rodgers. He's not. But, he's not up there. But that's okay. I here's let me let me let me run this by you. You can agree or disagree. Stafford goes to the Lions. We get what we get. He goes to the Steelers. It's a much more positive experience. He goes to the Ravens. Also a more positive experience. He goes to Dallas a lot more negative experience. Like, I think we're seeing the same thing happen, similar thing happen with Tony Romo in Dallas as what we're seeing with Stafford. It's not it's not the same flavor, but I think as far as a positive-negative outlook on a guy's ability and his capability, it's so similar. Well, I think when Tony Romo came in, though, I think Tony Romo had such a positive vibe about him because the quarterbacks in Dallas had sucked for so long. Uh, and Tony Romo was a bartender. I mean, he was not. It's not like he was a first-round draft pick like Stafford. So when Tony Romo got there, Dallas loved the guy. Yeah. I mean, he was universally praised. Um, but I think as things went on, I think those expectations rose. Like, okay, Tony Romo, why aren't you taking us to the promised land? Why aren't you? Why haven't we gotten to the Super Bowl yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly, the things Tony Romo was doing weren't exactly good enough anymore. Uh, and I think the same kind of mentality is taken over with Stafford. Uh, Expectations. In Stafford's, in Stafford's first year, leading a game-winning drive against the Browns <laughs> on, yeah. with a torn-up shoulder. I mean, oh, man, that's that's our quarterback. Yeah, we love uh, it. But now if if he has to lead a game-winning drive against the freaking Browns. Yeah, we're like, why like, why didn't you just throw a couple more touchdowns why, in the third right, quarter? Right. <laughs> exactly. Why why were we why were we trailing the Browns in the fourth quarter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think those expectations just change and I think uh, rightfully so because I think at this point in Stafford's career, uh, you've got to be looking Super Bowl or bust, right? I mean, the pr- his prime years are from now till what, like thirty-two. Yeah, he's I got. Mean, those are, that's our window. Five more, but, but he but doesn't have Calvin time, for five more. Exactly, he doesn't have prime of his career, Calvin Johnson, for six more years. No. So, but I okay, but I believe I trust Martin Mayhew to get him more talent. Mayhew has done. You can't you can't replace Calvin Johnson. I don't care who Martin Mayhew brings no, in. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we don't have to have the best wide receiver in all of football to still be successful. And even after Calvin's out of his prime, we'll still, I think we're confident enough in getting another young receiver. I'll be, I'm more, I'm, I'm not worried about Stafford. I feel like I know what he's going to be this year. I'm more concerned with like, what's our defense going to look like and how's our running game going to like set Stafford up this year. That's yeah. like, we, we know who he is. I'm not, I'm not stressing yeah, I, about that. I think you're right. At this point, I think at this point, if you're a Lions fan, you've got to be okay with Stafford not being an elite, elite quarterback. I right. think you know what Matthew Stafford is, you know what to expect, and you got to hope the Lions can do enough around Stafford, along with Stafford, to get them where they want to go. For sure. Okay, so we agree. We we agree. When in Despite Rome. all your yelling. Despite all your yelling, so, we agree. Jordan, I'm sorry I yelled at you. <laughs> I should have yelled at you more earlier when we were talking to stupid suck eyes. The who? Yeah, I, the, I don't know that team. The Ohio Hate Suckeyes. The Ohio Hate Suckeyes. Yeah. Oh, oh, do you mean the national champion Buckeyes? Did I did I mispronounce that? Was I saying that I, wrong? I'm I sorry. Think, I think you were. I think you were. There's something wrong with the connection here. The Meanwhile, suckeyes. the Tigers have now gone down seven to one. Wave the white flag. All right, so Jordan. As we conclude this episode, I um, I need I think I feel the need to lighten things up with our fun fact today. Okay. Okay, lighten me up. 
I don't know if any fact you can give me right now is going to erase this 7 to 1 deficit that the Tigers are currently in, but All right. you can try. This fun fact, it's a it's more of a funny fact than it necessarily is a fun fact, but it may not erase the 7 run deficit, but it's definitely going to erase that frown from your face. Okay? So, on her 100 120th birthday, the oldest person ever recorded in, you know, recent recording history that we know of and track. This is what she said on her birthday, okay? So picture this old, frail, 120-year-old woman, okay? This is, this is her, this is what she <laughs> said. You, you set the cake down in front of her, all the family's around. It's this huge moment in human history and for this woman and family, every, you know, all the, the celebration of life and, and all this is going on. And she says, I only have one wrinkle. And I'm sitting on it. <laughs> and that is a quote. <sighs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> That's... I'm glad you didn't preface this week with, you know, on this show, we're trying to make you smutter because that made no one smutter. Are you, I... That's important knowledge. Are you kidding me? And the Tigers are now down eight to one. <laughs> did that erase? <laughs> you mean my fun fact didn't help? Nope, it made it worse. Sorry, By the way, I can't help here's, you. here's my fun fact of the day. Prior to losing, uh, prior to beating the Tigers the other night in extra innings, the Red Sox had not won a game since the All Star break. Yeah, Hope everyone kinda, had a great time. <laughs> you just, you just kind of, just kind of killed the whole. The whole moment there, yep. the joke. I want everyone to be show. as depressed as I am right now. Like, Once football gets here, I will be a happy little camper because every week I can talk about how Ohio State just tore somebody a new one. <laughs> I, I'm i going to pray. I'm going to end this thing, and I'm going to get on my knees and pray <laughs> to God that Ohio State loses to Virginia Tech by two touchdowns. You know what? You know what? And, and, and... That Cardale Dart, twelve Cornhole Jones, whatever his name is, that he trips and falls and sprains his shoulder, and it nags him, and he becomes nothing. That's a terrible thing to hope on someone. Yep, but you know what, Kyle? In your situation, hope and prayer is really all you can do. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Where's my commemorative football? Uh, you might want to find it and hold on tight because, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long season for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Buck and Blue. As always, I'm Jordan, a.k.a. Buck. This is Kyle, a.k.a. Blue. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you later. All right. Have a good one, guys. Congratulations. You just listened to Buck and Blue. Don't you feel better?